You can never grow past your name. That is a quote by today's guest, Sean Harper. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to episode 158. The topic of this week's episode is The Dream is a Seed. My guest this week is Sean Harper. With 25 years of experience, Sean has earned an excellent reputation as one of the nation's leading corporate motivational speakers. He is a seven-year former NFL offensive lineman who played with the Rams, the Oilers, the Colts, and NFL Europe, and now owns and operates American Services and Protection, a multi-million dollar security services firm headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. His journey from the grit and grime of the NFL locker room to the corporate culture of the boardroom proved that both worlds can be won by using the same principles and strategies. Hi, Sean. Welcome to Trina Talk. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I'm winning. <laughs> All right. That's what I that's what I like to hear. And you know, here on Trina Talk, this is how we start off. I always ask my guests to tell the listeners who you are and what made you the Sean that you are today. Oh, well, who am I first and foremost is that I'm a son of God, period. And I am an investor. I love to invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and real estate. But the greatest investment is people. Because when you invest in people, it has the potential of reaping generations of dividends. And I love dividends. I love cash flow. And that's how I'm looking at it. Planting seeds under the shade trees that I will never sit under. That's what it's about. Wow. So, and let's go a little deeper. So you've had um, a pretty, pretty good journey in your life. You were played for the NFL for what, seven years, Mm -hmm. seven years. Mm -hmm. You played for various teams. You own your own business. You're an author. You're a speaker. So tell me how all this came about, because um, when I think of a former NFL player, I don't think about all of that. And as we discussed before we went live, I'm from Chicago. So I'm I'm of the generation of the Walter Payton's of the world. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I don't listen. I don't know what it is about people in Chicago. We could be talking about the metric ton of a spaceship and somehow it's going to come back to those daggone bears and that Super Bowl. Hey. And we're on our way back there. Let's just cut just don't go there. I know you want to go there. You know I'm so. going there. <laughs> That's like if I'm but talking you know to somebody else, I'm going to go Michael Jordan and I'm going Walter Payton. But you know what was so amazing? And then I'll answer that question. You know what's so amazing about the Bears? That team, and people really don't talk about that, um, about this, is the fact that they scripted, they wrote, rehearsed a video (laughs) at the beginning of the season 
that we are going to win the Super Bowl. Do you know how many factors can go in? Uh, Walter could get hurt in practice and get hurt. To, to, to be able to speak your universe, to speak your life and to speak your destiny, that is an amazing, an amazing example. Yes. And so I give a lot of uh, kudos to that team. Probably the greatest team ever assembled was that year with the Bears. Uh, absolutely remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. To answer your question about, you know, what makes, you know, Sean Harper, Sean Harper, actually, actually my first name is Aaron Sean Harper. Uh, but what makes me me is adversity. And that's, that's weird. But, you know, adversity can break you, but it also can make you a record breaker. The difference is perspective. And, you know, oftentimes people focus on what they're going through, not what they're going to. Mm. And I had to make that switch early on because I was hit with a ton of adversity. Most professional athletes, you know, they're spotted and they're tracked at a young age. But I was tracked in a different way. I was tracked for failure. I was tracked for destruction. Uh, one of uh, six kids in the south side of Columbus, Ohio, uh, raised in a single parent setting, repeating the first grade, uh, not growing up poor, growing up po. It's a big <laughs> difference, right? You know, I, and I know. Uh, uh, that you know, being being documented with four to five learning disabilities, stuttering my entire life, I could not complete a sentence till college, getting involved in a lot of deviant activity. I was going to use that broad word, but it was there. You know, I was I was on that level. I was about that life for a certain 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 segment of my life. Being to the fact I got kicked out of two schools, um, I left high school with a 1.62 accumulative GPA, nine on my ACT. Out of 154 seniors to graduate, my academic ranking was 154. Voted most likely to fail. Athletically, I was horrific. I wasn't even honorable mention all conference. I was the big chubby guy sitting in the back, you know, eating that nasty cordon blue. And these guys are getting all state, all, you know, all county, all universe. And, and um, I'm getting that dreaded participation <laughs> award. But underneath all of that was a dream. And the amazing thing about a dream is that you can often count the number of, of seeds in an orange, but you can never count the number of oranges in the seed. The dream is like a seed. And the seed, the dream, listen, listen. The dream is stronger than time. The, the actual dream transcends all laws of the universe. The dream is greater than any dimension. You know, the dream is for you or meant to pass through you, but it's never all about you. And sometimes you are the carrier of that dream. Yeah, I'm a fan of the word. I read the Bible. King David had a dream, right? But it's like, it, you can't build this temple. It's not for you, but it's your dream. But you need to pass that on, like Michael Jordan's stepfather, like Shaquille O'Neal's stepfather, like Venus and Serena's father, uh, Tiger Woods's father. We pass the dream on, and it's for the next generation. And sometimes within our selfish and myopic uh, world today is that it's all about us and how we can get to the next level, how we can get the blessing, how we can get the anointing, and we miss it. Because it won't come to you if it can't get through you. And so to be able to pass that on and pass that through is so important. If you look at our culture, the reason why we have the demise that we have, Caucasian or Black, is that the generations are forgetting to pass it on. They're forgetting to give. They're forgetting to sow. 
into the other generations or into other people. It's all about us. And that is a recipe for destruction. And so I go off to this junior college. I leave high school at 1.62. And I get a phone call from a junior college, a two-year school. And it's like, Coach uh, uh, Harper, come up to Mason City, Iowa to play football. Now, you know, now I said I'm from the south side of Columbus, Ohio. And I'm going to the cornfields of Mason City, Iowa, like 26,000 blonde hair, blue eyes. Everyone's last name is Schneider, right? And so, but I'm in a different world. I'm in a different environment. And my mama dropped me off. She said, baby, here it is. It's on you, sink or swim. And that first year at that junior college, I sat the bench the entire season, not one play. And I had a conversation. And the conversation went like this. You know what? They're right. I can't be successful. I don't have this. And I started naming all things I don't have. I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't. You know, right before I slipped into victim mode, right before I slipped into victim mode, I made a decision. And that decision is, I can't be successful, but I can win. And I'm going to put a pause right there and talk about victim, okay? You see, one of the ways that we give up is when we start comparing and complaining and start hating on other people. And the reason why we're hating and comparing and complaining is that we've given up. And we're seeing other people and we're seeing their success and the anger is really projected upon yourself and you're pushing it right back out. You're saying to yourself, I can't do it. And I'd be daggone if I'm going to watch somebody else do it. Listen, if you can breathe, you can win this game. And if life is a game, you play the game to win. All you have to do is get the right tools and the methodologies and the strategies. And maybe you can crack this thing wide open. That's what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? I can't be successful, but I can win. And the moment I said win, it was like a, a, a lever went off. And one of those big, huge sci-fi movies, like a million square foot warehouse and one lever turns on all the lights. They're like, doom, 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 doom. My body began to respond down to the cellular level. And I explained to you in a second why. I was like, wow. And I begin to look at life totally different. I begin to look at life and strategies and tactics. And so I packed all my bags. I jumped on a Greyhound bus. I took I-70 to 74 to 80 to Highway 18 back up to to Mason City, Iowa in May, May, June, July, August. I practiced twice a day, every day in a hundred degree dorm room by myself because winners do what other people don't go or other people won't. I, I, I took 22 credit hours in one semester. I pulled out a sheet of paper. I wrote 200 colleges throughout the country. This is who I am, the law of capacity. And I begin to instill in the, in the, find these spiritual laws on how to win this game. And I went from being on the bench to the Junior College Hall of Fame to a full scholarship to Indiana University to playing seven years professional football to retiring to running a, a business for over 20 years to be married for 20, almost 22 years to break the game because I got the cheat codes. Mm. And that's why I'm here and Hopefully we can share some and whatever, wherever you want to go from there. That's it. No, I want to stay on that path because as you're speaking, I'm listening and I like you, I, I'm a woman of faith and mm -hmm. the sowing, the seeds I understand and, and just the manifesting, but to the person listening and saying, you know what, that all sounds good. 
you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm in despair. I, I feel hopeless. I feel helpless. I got whatever it is that they may be going through in life. What right. What are your keys? What is the code so that they can feel like you did when you said you said, you know what, I'm going to be a winner. How can they turn their life around and say, I'm going to win this thing? So when I lived in Los Angeles, California, I did a lot of work in the music industry. It's a different world. And I did work in music as well. I mean, in movies as well. It all starts with your name. It all starts, your name, there's nothing. It's it's, the name is so powerful. And sometimes you got to go back and you got to change that name. I spent some time also in Juneau, Alaska. And when I was in Juneau, Alaska, you know, I was looking at these fisheries and, you know, they had like five, 15 million little tadpoles of salmon. Right. And they would load them in this big trawler boat and he would go out to the middle of the bay and he would circle the bay. I'm like, man, this dude's drunk. Why he He was like, no, 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 no. We're marking the fish. And then they released millions of salmon. They swim all over the world, but they'll always come back to the spot and the spot that they come back to, then they drop the nets and then they catch it. Then they call it wild caught salmon. You can never grow past your name. All, all action stems from thoughts. All thoughts are birthed from your belief system. Your belief system, that's where most people stop at. But there's one step further and that's your self-concept. Uh, write this down. Maxwell Maltz wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics in the late 50s and 60s. And he talks about your self-concept, who you are. 95% of all your actions are in the subconscious. 5% is what you do every single day. You have to minister to your subconscious. You have to minister to the the iceberg under the water. And you got to speak affirmations and the I am and repetitively over your life because for the first seven years, you're in a lower mindset or a lower mindset state and you're learning, you're learning. And then after seven, the doors closed and you move, I believe, into like an alpha state or I forgot which one it is. And now you're responding to what's happening from the first seven, but you can change the tape and you begin to speak. So what I did, the tape that I changed it to was that instead of me being lazy, stupid, dumb, failure, poor, poe, it's like, I'm a winner. Sean Harper is a winner. And I drew that all the way back to one of 3 million sperm cells that fertilize the egg. Mm. So now I have proof. So the reticular activation system looks for that because your subconscious looks for validation. And you say, wait, yep, that is true. You are the one, the four to five million sperm cells that fertilize the egg. So you are a winner. And then, and then from there, that becomes the essence of who I am. So I'm living life from the inside out. That's the first and foremost. That's what you have to do because this life and this world will break you. It will break you down. They will tell you who you are and they will okay. tell you who you're not. And unfortunately, before the age of seven, your subconscious is formed. And if you don't change it, it will set your course for the rest of your life. First and foremost, change your name. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. I've never heard it like that, to change your name, because ooh, that's, you know, and because I have similar upbringing as well, as far as coming from a single mother, I was the youngest of four, but my mother was very verbally abusive to me. So she spoke negativity into me. 
And it took me mm-hmm. many years to change my name to finally say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not this. I'm not that. You know, I'm I'm this and I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'm rereading the book, um, Think and Grow Rich. And mm-hmm. they have he has some of the same principles, Napoleon Hill, as far as speaking affirmation to yourself and having faith and that doubting and just doing those things. And I know a lot of people think that it's kind of, you know, woo woo wee, but it, it really does work. And can you just tell yeah. people why it is so powerful? So, so, so I want all the listeners to uh, take their mind to that little girl, to that young girl. She's maybe three years old. She has on a dress and she's walking around the house with a beautiful dress. And, you know, you're at like a family reunion and she's like, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Like, well, who told you you were pretty? Like you are repeating that. And she's like, I am pretty. And she has attached something positive to that. And she's going to carry that. What happens often is parents, adults, like you ain't you're you're not going to amount to this or you're just like that person. Oh, you're just like your deadbeat father or you know what? You're this or and this and that. And, you know, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're lazy. You're a failure. And what happens is that consciously you will understand it. Well, you, you might not fully understand it, but the subconscious is a robot. The conscious is where you you know, dreams and all that. But the subconscious, there's nobody there. It's a robot. And you program the robot. So the word and the affirmation that was spoken to you up to the age of seven, they're programs. Words are programs. And those words are programming that individual. And once you get past that age, it's locked. It's locked in. Now you can go in and you can break it. You can go into a theta state, which is like, you know, hypnotizing and all of that. Or you can work with affirmations, repeat it over and over and over again. And they have other methods, you know, that people, you know, more fluent people are using, you know, because it costs. But you can change that. You can always change the tape. And so the fastest way to change that tape is affirmations, affirmations, or not the fastest. The way that I'm using, the way that I've done is affirmations. That's number one. Number two is your environment. Now I had an ADD moment. I talked about the movies earlier. So I'm just going to go back to the movies. See, when you have your name, then the name of the movie, then you have a script. And then when you have a script, then you got to find the right actors for that script. Like you, I'm not going to put Eddie Murphy in a murder mystery, right? So you have to have the right actors for the script. And then once you have the right actors for the script and everything, and it's all written out, now your life is the movie. So when you change the name, you change the script, you change the actors and actresses, and you change your destiny. So let's take it. You're going to change your name. Okay. I'm going to change my name to winner. Then you're going to start doing what winners do. And you're going to start going where winners go. Winners might not be at the club every Friday, Saturday night, happy hour. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Winners might be up in the library. Winners might be at social networking groups. Okay, now you're changing the winners. And now uh, you're changing your script. Uh, Millionaires could be at this event or that event. World changers here and there. 
Now you're getting in different circles and now you're starting to attract a different cast. And now you got a different cast and now they're projecting and they're laying out and they're pushing a new destiny for you. Starts with the name. Wow. So I'm just, I'm soaking this up. I'm loving Man, it. You pulled a lot out of me. This is four o'clock. four o'clock. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm just soaking this up because I'm a firm believer of that. It's, you know, and I want to ask you, how do you, because I know everybody, we get to the moments where you have failures or you're, you know, you hit a wall or you think you're at your lowest point. How do you, or how have you gotten yourself back on track? Because I know, you know, when you're in, in and everything's working well, it's great to have those affirmations. But then sometimes when you, you know, you fall and you get to that valley, sometimes you're like, man, you know, why did I do this? I can't believe I'm stupid. You know, things like that. How do you come out of that? Well, what I do, and everyone is, you know, different, but what I do is that I process the pain. I feel it. I, you know, it's like, I don't stuff it down. I try not to react. I only respond. I feel it. It's like, I savor it like a good, you know, uh, a steak. It's like, you know, you got to process this. Like I'll give you a true life, authentic story. Yesterday morning, three o'clock in the morning, I'm up and I'm driving down to my mom's house. Right. And, uh, my mom passed about a month ago, uh, about a month and a half ago, you know, Edith Harper is my baby. I love her. And, and so I'm there at the house. I got the key. I'm up in the house. I'm just crying. You know, I'm mad, you know, I'm mad at God. I'm mad at the world, but I'm processing that moment and I'm pushing myself through it. But in the midst of that, in the midst of that, I, I also got an ear because I'm listening for the lesson. Okay. There's always water. Listen, write this down, people. There's always water in the valley. There's always, there's always, there's always grief. There's always gravy in the grief. Okay. You have, you, you got to catch that because, you know, life will give the test and teach the lesson. Life is preparing you and is prepping you and is moving you. But if you get caught in the process, man, if you get caught in the resistance, if you get, especially, listen, listen, especially if you get offended, especially if you have unforgiveness in your heart or bitterness or strife, man, you're stuck in the process. So you got to move through that process. And so I moved through that process after about a half hour. And um, I came out with this phrase. I'm just passing through. Mm. You know, it's like this life, this is not me. I'm just passing through before the foundations of the world. I knew you before you were born. I surnamed you. I called you as a prophet. That means before time, God knew my spirit. Before I was born, he had an assignment for me. I'm passing through. I can't get caught up in this. Mom, I'll see you again. So I reverence or I or I, or I stick as much as possible. Now I'm not perfect. You know, I got that D on the disc, right? So I like to try to save the world, you know, jump in there, but have to learn how to sit down and be like, okay, let's process this pain. The second thing I do to get myself out of a rut and watch this is that we talked about sowing, giving, right? 
spiritual law of that is that I start giving to organizations and not necessarily the church. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, the church is awesome, mm-hmm. but I give to the Salvation Army. I give to uh, my brothers and sisters in Africa. So it does two things. Number one, it makes you feel good. I mean, because there is an actual hormone that's released when you give. But the second thing it does is I'm enacting a spiritual law. Because now that I'm sowing out, then relief is coming in. Third thing I do, this is crazy, is that you always know when I'm in, like, when I'm going through something bad is I'll jump on social media and I'll find 20 people on my Facebook friend thing or, or Instagram and I'll start encouraging them. Mm. I'm loving you. Hang in there. God's going to bless you. Come on. You can do this. Why? I'm sowing seed. Mm-hmm. I'm sowing seed. And I'm taking the focus off of me. Right. And I'm putting it outward. So. Wow. I mean, that right there is a gem that I have never heard anyone say because, you know, we were talking and everyone wants to live the Instagram life, right? It's all look at me, look at me. Very seldom are you seeing people that are actually encouraging other people saying, you know, hey, you know, you're going through a tough time, but you can do it. Or uh, I like your post or congratulations for this. You know, it's just everything is so superficial. So you can't really take it to heart because even though, you know, at least I feel this way, sometimes you hear people and they'll say, oh, okay, congratulations. But you're like, okay, was that sincere? Or are you just doing that to be caught up in the moment or, you know, to go with the wave? So it's, it's always very um, touching when you get someone sincere, who's actually rooting for your betterment. Whether right. yeah, whether it's you know yeah. whatever, just saying something you know, and it doesn't yeah. have to be anything tangible or physical. It's just the fact that someone's saying you can do it. Keep your head up. So, like I would go on to uh, on the Facebook, and I would see my my pledge daughter, and I'm like, hey, um, I'll use the voice. Arby, you're amazing. You're this, you're that, this and that. You know, I remember when I was online and this and this and man, you know, you helped me out. That was 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And, you know, thank you for just something that was so like, I remember that moment that it just came to me. I just want to say thank you because you fed me peace of that night. You know, something (laughs) crazy like that. They're like, wow, that touched me. Like, yes, that is it. And it's sincere and it's from the heart. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. See, I can stay in this zone forever. But I want to talk about the work that you do with um, corporations. Mm. Tell me about that. What exactly are you doing with corporations and in your speaking and and working with them? So when I when I retired from professional football, there's there was so many systems in place. And NFL does a great job. NFL, NFL, PA have nothing to say bad about those two organizations. I'm not on that, you know, because I've seen them do a lot of great things. Um, <clears throat> but they want to teach you how to convert to corporate America, you know, to become, you know, it's now it's time for you to, you know, convert to corporate America and here's the internships. And we, I'm like, I tried that. Like, <laughs> no, but do you not realize I played several years at a very high level? I am a 
beast. I mean, I mean, of course, that's my ego speaking, but <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's like I'm a monster on the I, the training that goes into mm-hmm. being a professional athlete, the mindset, right. the mindset. You got know, to understand, you know, you see a quarterback and he just throws an interception and he loses the game and loses the championship. How does he come back from that? You know, the mindset of a professional athlete, you know, their work ethic, the way they approach things. I'm going to bring this into corporate America. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to check this at the door because I'm going to bring some things you never heard before. I'm going to bring things that you never seen. Like one of the things that we did in the NFL, and you can ask any collegiate or professional football player, they have a scouting department, you know, and we watch more, we watch more film than we practice. Mm. We're studying our opponent. Yeah. Our scouting department is probably the best behavioral psychologist or psychiatrist in the world. You know, they'll make the science and the lambs guy look stupid. Okay. And like, I can tell boy he's walking that he had a real speech today. You know, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> these guys are a beast. They're, they will break you down. So now check it out. When we get to corporate America, we don't do that. We don't size up our opponent. We don't size. Listen, I own, I own a security firm, right? So I love to do interviews mm-hmm. because when I do interviews and I find out you come from another security company. Oh. So mm-hmm. tell me more. I mean, right. I'm just like, I'm just like just writing just, okay, this is okay. And he's saying stuff, but as an owner, I'm like, Oh, right. they're having cash flow issues. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm studying yeah. because that, you know, so that's just one of many things that I bring over from, I bring that mindset over. Mm-hmm. I bring that mindset and the methodologies of playing at a professional level because at a certain point, it's not exclusive. It right. is all the same game. Profit, yep. profit. So, yep. Wow. That's amazing. You know, it's funny because I retired from the Navy. I was a Naval officer, served 30 okay. years. And um, Thank you for your service. Thank you. And it's funny because like you were saying, you're like, okay, they prep you. Okay, now you're going into corporate. But I have found and I've talked to fellow veterans that corporate America doesn't know what to do with us because we come with such leadership and such, like you said, the mindset that we have and the experience that we have, they don't value that. And that's been one of my things that trying to work with corporate and and telling them that, look, you're just bypassing some really good people because they think because you haven't been in corporate, you don't know anything. Right. You know what's so funny? My um, my operations manager comes straight from corporate. She's like, well, in corporate, we have such and such and best practices right. and blah, 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 and this, this, this. I said, best practices? I said, I'll tell you what you do, okay? Get to the office a half hour early and see who comes in early. Right. And see who stays late. Yeah. See who's staying over at lunch. See who's sitting there grinding. Talk about best practices. I said, come on. You know, you know grind. Yes. Okay. Where is your work ethic? Where's the grind? I could teach a lot of other stuff, but you can't teach loyalty. You right. can't teach work ethic. You Stuff like you can't teach that. You know, I could build on anything. You know, I can say, you know what? I love, like I interviewed this guy today. I interviewed this guy today. Came in in a suit and tie. He was probably in the mid fifties, said all the things he's like, I knew I was going to get a divorce. So I took my wife to her hometown because I knew that it was going to end. I said, man, you honored her like that? I'm like, do this. And he was just listening. I said, dude, you're hired. Hmm. I said, in fact, I'm looking for an operations manager. 
you're going to take a test and see what your skill set is under the hood because that's what I want. You can't teach that. I mean, it, it's there. You can't teach gratitude. Exactly. It's there. Exactly. And and that's funny because I believe, like you're saying, a, a lot of the things you can't teach, it's just inherent in who you are. And corporate misses that. And do you, when you're talking to corporate, do you tell them these things? Because a lot yeah. of times it's all about, well, policy says this or this or that. And it's like, you know, and I had a hard time. That's why I said I, I had to do my own business because I had a hard time dealing with that because I go in and I'm like, okay, this is my mindset. This is how I do things. And then you get somebody saying, well, you know, well, policy says blah, blah, blah. And this is how we do it. And you're like, really? So, so I think that you can appreciate this. Being in corporate America, and, and listen, to all you corporate America people out there, I do not, this is not a knock, okay? This, this is not a knock. Being in corporate America is like swimming in a swimming pool. Okay, you see what's coming, you know the lay of the land, maybe a leaf fell in the water, maybe this happened, you know what type of wave it is, you know, so you build your politics and your games around the controlled environment. Being an entrepreneur and an emerging business owner is like being put in the ocean. And it's a totally different skill set you have to understand and learn. You have to be able to pick a shark from a dolphin about 200 yards away. You have to be able to be able to change course. Can you read the sky? Can you read the clouds? Can you read the stars? Can you read the waves? And you have, to, and it's constant and it's moving. And so when you're in the waves and you're going up and down and you're in the throws and you are fighting, your value system changes. You don't value, you know, the, well, the, well, this person's aptitude. No, that's a controlled environment. You're like, you know what, when I'm going do and I'm fighting, do I have a ride or die on my team? Okay. Exactly. Or do I have a coward? You know what I'm saying? It's like, is he going to slip up? Yes. You know, it's a, it's, it's a totally different war. Yes. I mean, yes. sorry, it's a totally different world that leads to a different war. So you look for different skill sets yeah. that is inherent, that's in that individual. And then you can overlay all the other stuff, or I can go on the uh, Pfizer or go into freelancer. Right. I can find somebody in Bangladesh to, to type or do all that other stuff. Exactly. Right now, <laughs> I'm in a war, baby. Let's go. Oh, my goodness. Because the 95% of all businesses fail within five years. Yep. That's a war. It's not, it's not created for you to win. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, oh, yeah. my goodness. So, 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 so true. Oh, my goodness. So I'm trying to cover everything I got. So talk about your book. <laughs> so. I'm gonna get in trouble right now. So, so you can share with me. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> I I've learned how to bend rules and break rules. Okay, but my mama also taught me never to break laws. Mm. Spiritual laws are so powerful. If you break a law, the law will break you. Mm. Now think about this for a second. I mentioned God. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. But what I will say is this, is that there are spiritual laws that you need to be cognizant of. And you need to understand and you have to ask yourself this question. Is the resistance that I'm facing, is it just because of processes and, and systems or is there a law that's in violation? 
Like, I'll give you an example. At my office, there's a lot of pressure. There's so much stuff going on. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, wow. Well, the problem is that I am violating, I am violating the law of capacity. Hmm. Is that my capacity is is not it's not sustainable for the growth that's happening right now. And so that produces stress. So I have to knuckle down, get some more funding, hire some more people, create the capacity, and the growth will come. The, the wealth will flow to you. The opportunity will flow to you. It, it needs to flow somewhere. But if you don't have capacity, whether physical capacity or spiritual capacity or office capacity, if you don't have capacity, one or two things that happen. Either A, the opportunity will flow over and you, it'll spill on the ground, or B, the spigot will stop mm. because it's like, I cannot rest here. So you have to always build capacity. Remember Walt Disney, right? So Walt Disney owned Disneyland. <clears throat> now you should live right by Disneyland, right? Anaheim area. I live right up for Brookhurst. And Years ago, Walt Disney had Disneyland. He loved it. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. But you know what? He, he soon became landlocked. It's like he, he his dream was bigger than the capacity. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And so he he uh, got about, a, I don't know, about 100 people. And he had lawyers. And he employed him, actual employees. And they secretly went to Orlando. And started buying up acreage after acreage. 28,000 acres they purchased before an investigative journalist said, what is going on? And he spilled the beans. But by that time, it was too late. It, it all came back to Walt Disney. But he had 28 plus thousand acres to build Disney World, Epcot, Dismog, just whatever you want. He still had land left. In fact, if you go to certain parts in Orlando, those major hotels are leasing the property mm-hmm. or leasing the land from Disney. Disney. It's like he has room for more theme parks and he died before he could see the fruit of all of it, but he created the capacity. So you have to create that capacity. That's just one of the things I talk about in the book. Mm, wow. So when you're doing this great, you know, this motivational speaking and empowering other people, do you work with individuals on an individual basis or do you stay um, corporate with the big enterprises? Yeah. So I am moving into the coaching space more and more now. Okay. Uh, I've done a, a lot of private coaching. You know, it's people want you know, this and, you know, let's, you know, let's coach one-on-one. I'm in the process of formalizing that. So I should be up and running probably within about a month. So by the time this airs, okay. I'm coaching. Cool. and. Uh, I, I would love to have an opportunity to coach and you know, just to take people and turn them into monsters, <laughs> just, just, just a monster out there, just taking, just gutting it. And that's, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. Okay. So ooh, we're going to get into our questions cause yeah, we can, <laughs> we can keep going, but we're going to get into questions and then you're going to tell people about your coaching at the end. Okay. Who or what motivates you? God. What demotivates you? Pain. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Well, 
my father physically abusing me. Okay. You want to talk about how it worked for your good? Because he left right after. Mm. And had he been in my life, I would not be here today, at least in the same form. Wow. I think that was the catalyst to kind of get him out the house when my mom saw that. Mm. What is your fear? Dying with, with not fulfilling my full purpose. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Uh, yes. I wish I would have appreciated certain moments in my life more. I wish I would have networked in college more. I wish I would have not been so close-minded early on in life. And I, and I know I missed some major opportunities. Major. Mm. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? I don't think like that. Okay. Okay. I really... No. No. So everything works for your good. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, it's, it's, I can't process like that. Okay. Yeah. What is your definition of success? The fullest expression of who you are physically, mentally, socially, economically, and most important legacy, which is, I replaced the word success with win Mm. because that's what we're created to do. That's the best answer I've ever gotten. Um, (laughs) how do you recharge? Rest, rest in solitude. What are you awesome at? Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, hey, I'm awesome. I'm a, I can make a mean barbecue. Okay. I am a beast. What? I am a beast at barbecue and reading people. Okay. Next time I'm in Ohio, I'm get, I'm calling you on some barbecue. I got you. Mm. What legacy do you want to leave? Dying empty. Dying with all of it out of me. All of it out of me. You don't have to know. I'm not really into saying, hey, this is, you know, I don't need my name on the building. I need my building and people. Mm. Mm. That's good. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. Yeah. You know what? You may get knocked down in life. I got this from Les Brown, right? You may get knocked down in life. Or you will get knocked down in life. But if you can look up, you can get up. And so I'm encouraging every single one of you to get back on the bike. And what I mean by that is you learn how to ride the bike by falling off. You learn how to walk by scraping your knees. And somewhere along the line, you were told that it's not cool to fall off the bike. Somewhere along the line, you were told it's not cool to fail. It's embarrassing to fail. Our school system taught us that. But failure is your friend. The average millionaire has filed for bankruptcy 3.2 times, according to Google. And we all know that Google's right. (laughs) So take failure and turn it into your friend and take your failures and turn them into tuition and rebrand it and win. Wow. Ooh, that was good. Tell the listeners what you got going on, Sean. We You talked a little bit about your coaching. What else you got going on? And how can people mm-hmm. can connect with you? Yeah. So I travel, I speak, I do a ton of corporate work. I do, uh, I love speaking in churches. Oh God, you know, I just love sharing my faith. 
I also do schools, just <laughs> school assemblies. Uh, my website is seanharper.org. I have courses out. I have one course out right now, Winning by Design. Uh, it talks about the essence of who you are, and that's a winner. Uh, the coaching will be up and running within 30 days, and I'm gone. After that, it's like, catch me if you can, because I'm, my goal is to be all over the world before this flame burns out. I hear you. SeanHarper.org. And if you go to SeanHarper.org, I believe that link is still up. You can get a free copy of my book. The one that we talked about today, the one that's on sale at Amazon, eh, I'll give you the digital copy for free. Because as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't come to you if it can't get through you. Break the rules, never break the laws. Wow. Sean, thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with us today and all the gems and motivation that you gave. I just want to say thank you. If you like Trina Talk podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their lives? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving. Because success is a journey, not a destination.